and interests in health and well-being with different perspectives to bring you a variety of tips and tricks for feeling your best and living a full, healthy life. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Feel Better Podcast. Today, I am chatting with Michelle Rose Kennedy. And Michelle was such a fun guest to have on because she talks a lot about energetics. She's a uh, master Reiki healer. Um, And we go into what exactly Reiki is, how it works for everyone in different ways, how it can be done even virtually, um, and really tapping into the, the other world. So she's got some pretty cool ghost stories and just connections and communications with the spirit world. And I love chatting with her because this isn't something that, you know, we talk about all too often, but it's just so interesting. It's really fascinating. And I think when you're open to these experiences, you notice that they are much more frequent than you might think. So um, very cool talking to Michelle and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Okay, so I'm here with Michelle Kennedy, and I am so excited to talk to Michelle. Michelle is a Reiki master energy healer, which I'm very much interested in learning more about, and I know my listeners are as well. I've done one Reiki session. It was really cool. It was intense, um, but I want to hear from you a a lot more about this topic. Um, We'll get into that. Some other fun things, um, but first, I just wanted to point out that we are both Tauruses. What's your, what's your date of birth? Um, I am April 23rd. So I'm oh an April gosh. Taurus. Are you <laughs> an April so Taurus funny. too? I'm April 20th. We're so nice. Close. Yeah. Right on the cusp. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I always seem to connect with Tauruses and Aries very frequently. Um, so it doesn't surprise me actually that you're a Taurus. Um, are you, do you kind of like get into like the, the, the sun, moon, and rising signs. I've just started to learn more about that and what mine are. Do you know what yours are? I do. And that same thing. I just started. I mean, I always kind of knew the horoscopes, the, you know, the sun signs, but I yeah. just started getting into the depth of it. So I am a Taurus, Taurus rising and the Virgo moon. So it's all oh. earth. <laughs> oh, cool. That's so interesting. How about you? Um, Mine's Taurus Sun, Pisces Moon, and Sagittarius Rising. Nice. And I've read about what those mean. And at the time, I was like, oh, that makes sense. And now I don't remember. So <laughs> I have to look into it more. I, I think it's so cool that there's a lot to learn. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is like, I need to study this. I like to know everything versus like just like dipping my toe in. So I'm like, when I have time, I'm going to learn everything about it. Um that's very cool. Well, it's nice to meet a fellow Taurus. When you were like April 20, before you said 23rd, I was like, oh my God, it's the same birthday. <laughs> I was always looking for birthday twins. I feel yeah. like that's a Taurus thing. Like we're always looking for our, our people. We're yeah. misunderstood. <laughs> Do you feel like you embody a lot of the earth qualities and the qualities of being a Taurus? Um, yes. Yes, very much. Even the negative ones. <laughs> Me too. Um, definitely, um, on the stubborn side, definitely, um, you know, feel like Ferdinand the bull, you know, like to stop and smell the flowers, love to be around trees and all that, you know, um, yeah. definitely appreciate nature. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I definitely have that love to eat, love my food, a little food aggressive about yeah. my, my food. <laughs> not a good food sharer, which I didn't realize that was a tourist thing until recently. And yeah, it's, uh, 
definitely definitely a thing you're That's laughing you probably hilarious. do it too right I don't share my food ever and I don't want your food either like this is what I ordered I, this is what I want I don't want to mix flavors get off my plate like <laughs> that's really funny I know I thought that was just a me thing I didn't know um that's hilarious um oh my gosh that's so funny uh I didn't I also didn't realize like some of these things I was like well that's just me I'm like I like nature I like to play in the woods when I was a kid and I like to be out hiking now and it's always interesting when you start to learn more about your birth chart and things like that, like how those qualities actually probably came to be. And then it's not just by happenstance, you know, it's not just like, oh, well, that's just, you know, who you are. There's actually like a little bit of a, a method behind it, the universe at play, if you will. Um, very cool. What was your childhood like? Where did you grow up? What were you like as a kid? Did you play in the woods? Were you kind of like, was it that, uh, that upbringing or was it a little bit different? I, I grew up on, on Long Island, which, um, you know, I've pretty much always lived in New York State, all different places of New York State. Um, I was the, uh, I don't want to say tomboy, because I definitely liked the lace and frill and pretty stuff, um, but I got messy. I made mud pies. I played with bugs and worms and frogs and you name it. I was not afraid to touch it. Um, not not big on climbing trees i've always had a fear of heights which goes into past life stuff oh, <laughs> um, cool. but yeah um definitely like to get dirty and play and a lot of uh kind of imagination like like i think it's close to 90 percent of us grew up in a dysfunctional family and lots of um challenges there but i had a very active imagination and imaginary friends and um, you know, made the best of it, you know, had, had, uh, had tools without realizing I had tools like drawing and singing. And when I learned violin, I used to practice for hours a day to, uh, kind of escape, um, so healthy escapes and, and yeah. coping mechanisms. That's a really good point that you bring up just as an adult too. You know, I think so many people forget some of the things they like to do as a child, and you maybe did those things to escape and to have an outlet, but you can also do that as an adult. So as an adult, we think like, oh, our escape and our outlet is like, you know, having a couple of drinks with friends on weekends or, you know, whatever it happens to be, but it can actually be the things you enjoyed as a kid. As an adult, you can have an outlet that is creative. You could pick up a violin, even if you're horrible and you just want to play. So I love that you said that, that you use that as an escape because we can do that even now, a healthy escape. That was a really good good point actually that you that you just brought up like the adult coloring books even you know some of the things exactly. that people will start doing I love exactly. that exactly um, I usually I often tell my clients that um because well we'll get into Reiki in a minute I guess my clients um when they're stuck when they're feeling stuck or overwhelmed or things like that um spirit guides or angels are very big on creative outlet cre because that child self of that we are um needs that we crave that and so that creative outlet kind of helps bring us back to who we truly are so it's not only just like a great coping me mechanism or escape it brings us back to who we truly are like the essence of spirit Interesting. I love that. That's kind of like when you get into the flow and you lose track of time, right? Where you're doing something yes. you enjoy. And as a kid, we, we did that all the time. And as an adult, we tend to not operate in that space. And I, I think 
what you're saying is that it's really important that we do in order to let in what we need to let in. Um, so as a kid, what kind of direction, you know, as you came into adulthood, what kind of direction did your life take? Did you, were you always working in kind of like a spiritual space or did you have like a corporate job and then decide that wasn't for you? How did you kind of get to where you are now working in this world of energetics and healing? Um, I took a very like big kind of arc, like so many of us do yeah. before we find ourselves. Um, I, you know, like I said, I used to draw, I used to write. Um, interestingly, and I only really realized this connection recently, um, at eight years old, um, I, I wrote my first book, which was never published, but that's when I wrote my first book. And it's also the year that I um, <laughs> that I first saw a ghost. <laughs> oh my gosh. And yeah, so I, I kind of felt like I was going to be a writer. Um, but, and I was an English major in, in college. And then I ended up keeping my job that I was doing in college, which was in the optical industry. So way off. Um, I kind of had this like love hate duality thing of the woo woo. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And like I could I could be okay with psychics, but Reiki seemed like too out there and yoga seemed too out there um in my you know twenties of college. And then um you know kind of found my way back to the woo and um in a very long roundabout way and as well as writing and um when my husband and I got engaged, we joined a gym. I started doing yoga there. It was the only thing that stuck at the gym. Spent a lot of money on a gym membership for just <laughs> taking the yoga classes. But I, I found what I liked. And it was kind of a, a, a home away from home, in a sense. Nice. And then what was it that brought you back to that? You said you kind of like refound that the writing and the, the woo woo. What brought you back there? Well, all accidental. So, you know, getting engaged and saying, we're going to get in shape and we're going to join a gym and then finding yoga and realizing it wasn't that woo-woo. Okay. Um, I had a great teacher. She was trained in an ashram. So she brought woo-woo in, but she made it so powerful. Like her classes were so intense, even though it was supposed to be a beginner class, like she threw you in the deep end. You didn't have a chance to think about it. And then while we were like in Shavasana, she would go into some of the philosophy or she would do a really great guided meditation. And I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what my body, mind, soul needs. And yeah. then yoga kind of made connections and Reiki came about because my husband and I did yoga teacher training together. Oh, cool. And I was very like, yeah, it was fun. And he kind of, he said, I don't want to be a teacher, but I want to do it to learn more. And he also was doing it to hold me accountable because mm. I was like, I can't be a yoga teacher. And we, so we did it together. I was pregnant. I found out I was pregnant a, a few weeks before we were supposed to start teacher training. Oh my God. And they said, yeah, you can do it, but it will, you know, we'll have to play it by ear and you may have to like stop and do the next one to finish. And I said, whatever, I just, it was a great challenge for me because I was like, realized how much I wanted to do that. Yeah. And so I stuck with it. And in our teacher training group, there was someone who was studying Reiki and she said, I want to gift you a session as like, uh, you know, baby shower gift. And it was an amazing session. And I had you know, it was something I never experienced before. And she said that my hands were on fire, that I am a healer. 
and I should consider doing this. But she wasn't ready to teach me. She wasn't a master yet, um, as far as I know. And I kind of put it on a back burner. And then um, when I was pregnant with our second child, my husband got diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm -hmm. And our Reiki teacher and our yoga teacher said, I have a friend who's a Reiki master and you have to do this. And so it was helping him so much. And his before he even started treatment, his tumor had shrunk a bit. And like, it wow. was not always that miraculous for with Reiki, but it was. And I saw the change and the difference and the healing. And I said, I have to learn this. And you, you are my teacher. I found my teacher. Um, and so that's, that's it. I just did not turn back wow. to that. And by the way, he's okay. Thank you for saying that. that I wanted to not, ask. Yeah. We did not get to that, but he <laughs> yes. is well. Oh, I'm um, glad. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, you know, it's kind of that trial by fire, you know, like here you are faced with this thing. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Um, so that is how I came back and, and through Reiki have realized how many little things, seeds were planted throughout my childhood and my life of how it all kind of has pieced together now as an wow. adult. I, the first time I ever did Reiki, the first and only time, um, I was also pregnant. That's so interesting. And it was, it was incredible. Like I remember going home and telling my now husband, his mom had passed away unexpectedly right after I found out I was pregnant and we told them and everyone was excited because so we were trying. Thank you. That's okay. Um, but she was there. Like she was there in that session and it was incredible. It was really sad, but it was also just so cathartic. And there were a lot of other things going on. I'd also just been let go from my job of four years. So five months pregnant, she passed away, no job. So that session, it just, it did something. Um, and I really need to get back, but it was interesting doing that pregnant. Um, I also did a sound bath, just kind of getting into the energetics after that because I wanted him to be it was a it was kind of like a heart opening kind of grief sound bath and I wanted him to be able to experience that so he could kind of process you know his mom passing um and it was the first time I ever felt my baby move when we were in the sound oh, bath which was so yeah. cool and he left that session my husband and he was he he was it changed like he was it, it was almost like he said that it felt like he was able to go through three months of grieving in one hour session of that sound bath. So just to kind of, I don't know why I went down that path, but you, you kind of made me think of that in terms of just the power that the energy, the shifting of energy can have. So I would love for you to be able to explain to everyone, what is Reiki? How does it work? What can you expect from it? What do you do as a Reiki healer? Like tell us everything, all the details, um, because I think it's a really a lot of people think like, oh, it's not going to do anything. Put your hands on me. Like that doesn't please, you know, very skeptical, but it is, I can attest to the power that it can have. So I would love to hear your perspective and your kind of summary of that as well. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. It's very powerful. Um, the more open you are to it, you don't have to believe, but the more open you are to it, the more, the better effect you will have. Because when we are very good as human beings of blocking out other energy. So the way I like to describe it, and this is for skeptics and atheists and everyone, energy is everywhere in the universe. 
we are energetic beings within this physical form as well. In fact, some quantum physicists don't even believe that this is a form. It's just something that we imagined up. <laughs> um, so when what happens with Reiki is we all have energy within our body or we are energetic beings as a body. And when we go around in the world, we can pick up other people's energy. We can um, be affected by energy around us. And that can bring us out of alignment with our own true self, our own truth of energy, like our frequency or vibration, like sound, light, um, and so on. So when that happens, we feel bad. We either It's either mental, emotional, or physical, and it can affect our mental, emotional, physical health. So what Reiki does is the practitioner or master channels the purest Reiki energy, the purest energy from the universe through their body, out through their hands. And oftentimes they will do a scan over the body to find out where the imbalance is, but it doesn't have to happen that way because the energy goes where it needs to go to realign you to your true highest possible vibration at that time. And that doesn't mean like you'll be perfect in one session, but at that time, here's what, what can happen. And it realigns, it clears what's not yours, what doesn't serve you, you know, junk or crap or beliefs that don't serve your highest good and are holding you back from who you're supposed to be, your highest potential. And it gets rid of all that and brings you back to your true self, which feels like a like a body sigh of like, oh, <laughs> of, of coming back to balance and peace. Um, some client once described it as, I feel like I've meditated a hundred times in a row um, because wow. it can just bring that level of peace to the body, mind, soul state. Wow. It almost sounds like, um, like, a, like a spiritual massage. You know, you're working out the kinks and, and all the, the toxins and, and physically doing that. And then with Reiki healing, it's almost like you're doing that energetically. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. Yes. Um, and Very that's why cool. I think a lot of massage therapists also learn Reiki too, because that they can add that to the massage. And, yeah. and also I want to add that Reiki does not have to be hands on. In fact, it's mostly hands off. A lot of uh, Reiki practitioners in person will only touch like head, shoulders, feet, um, and hover over the rest of the body. Uh, remote Reiki works because energy goes wherever it's directed. So setting the intention and focus on that person or that body part of that person, energy will go there. Mm. Yeah, it even makes me think about like how if you focus your mind on a situation or almost like manifesting, you move the energy. So I could see how virtually you could still do have the same effect because you're, like you said, you're putting that your energy goes where you put it. That's really interesting. I love that. Do you use crystals in your healing as well? I do. I use, I use so many tools. I have crystals. I use sound. Um, I use... Um, what else do I use? Um, Akashic records, like whatever is available to me, I will use in person. I use aromatherapy um, since the pandemic, like when the shutdown happened, the, you know, the great pause, um, I went remote and mm -hmm. did all remote sessions. I'm still pretty much all remote, but um, 
Yeah, the crystal's the same thing. The frequency works. I've had people tell me on the phone, what did you put on my stomach? It was so hot. And I was like, oh, that was a carnelian. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that energy, that frequency travels to that person. Amazing. Uh, I do want to talk about Akashic Records. And and, um, I've come across like Akashic Record meditation readings when I've been doing like yoga classes through a certain um, uh, like company or something like that. And I'm curious, like I'm really curious to learn more. I did one session. I don't know that I really understood it fully. Can you explain to us what that is and how that can benefit you? Of course. Um, So Akashic Records, a lot of people um, say there's like a library in the universe and heaven, whatever you believe, Um, you know, a technical library. Some people even talk about it like the cloud. (laughs) If you're atheist, that works, right? And we all have our records of everything that has happened in this life so far past lives if you believe and if you don't that's okay too and all of our potential futures including potential future lives and that is all held in your whether you think of it book of life or your cloud Um, so all that information is stored there that includes our karmic baggage our karmic karmic contracts with people that we you know come back and back to life after life after life to to be with Um, It includes our connections to our soul family that are not always our blood family in this lifetime. Um, So all of it is available to us, but it's also available only on a need to know basis. So what you're going through right now, all that information that pertains to what you're going through now is able to download. But if it's like, I want to know if I knew Cleopatra, you know, like, Yeah. That can't always be accessed because it may not be relevant to this life, this karma, and so on. So it's actually personal to you. I always thought of it as like almost like ancient history, but it's actually, it's not about other, it's not, you're not accessing like the universe's kind of records. It's your personal records from your soul's journey, basically. Pretty much, yes. I mean, we each have one. So there can be access. So I can access yours if we were in a session. I can also sometimes access little bits of people in your life because that is relevant to your journey. Wow. And I can't kind of dip into theirs without, you know, like invading privacy. So whatever is considered private is inaccessible to me. But if it pertains to you and it's relevant to you, then yes. But we each and every one of us have it in this whatever we want to call it like etheric cloud or temple or library and it is yeah and it is so the way that it helps us in a like a mixed with reiki the way i work with it is that we will dig into the karma the inner child stuff or a past life issue or connection and the Reiki energy can go back to that time and kind of reconnect you with that past self um, and start the healing, the mending of the relationship with that self, the mending of of where a, a break or a disconnect that you had, right? Or a limiting belief that was set in place in that lifetime or that age that you were and help heal it, heal that version of the self so that you no longer attach to that limiting belief. Interesting. 
I love that. You mentioned past lives and I, I listened to a podcast um, a while back. Who, I can't think of his name right now. McLeod, McLeod, somebody, he talks about the past lives, that there's nine of them and that our soul's journey is to complete all of them. And so old souls are kind of at the end of that journey. And there was like a, you could do this test to figure out kind of where you were. <clears throat> I think I was like eight or nine, which made sense. Um, you talk a little bit about past lives and some things that you've gotten. Can you tell us about those? Like what, what did you learn about yourself when you kind of dealt, you know, dove into that and maybe talk a little bit too about past lives? Because I do think like, like I'm always drawn to a certain time period, like kind of like the colonial times really speaks to me. And there must, I feel like there must be something significant about that time period in some of my past lives. So can you talk a little bit about that since you have a much better understanding? Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm going to start there because yes, when we feel drawn to a place, we probably had a lifetime there. And I say that based on my history with people. So I've, you know, any client that I've been like, um, there is this lifetime in Egypt and they'll like jump up and go, yes, you know, <laughs> really excited because they felt drawn to it or, or wherever the place is, right? Or time period. Um, we feel we feel that connection. We feel this almost melancholy or like home to that place that mm -hmm. calls to us. Um, so yeah, I 100% believe that that is something in our soul that knows. There is a knowing, but we haven't like opened all the doors. Um, and I mentioned earlier that, um, you know, I have a fear of heights as a kid mm -hmm. that yeah. came with me from a past life, which I, it wasn't my most recent life, but it was apparently a trauma that happened. A, a way I died in a past life was a fall um, oh. from a mountain. And it has carried through, I guess, multiple lifetimes, but I'm, or maybe not, maybe from that lifetime skipped to, to now, and I'm meant to deal with it now and resolve that karma. Okay, I just have to say something really quick. I want this to be in the episode, actually. Talking about energetics, something weird just happened. My entire Zoom just shut down. Um, I lost Michelle for a minute and it, it reminded me of, I swear to you, my grandfather, he speaks to us, the whole family through the flickering of lights. It's always electrical. It has been going on since he passed away when I was in high school. Maybe so that's 98, 99, a very, very long time. Um, the last time I was in their house before it was sold, before my grandmother went into a home I was packing up my things in New Jersey in his bedroom where he passed in his, in his, you know, bed in that room where I saw him. And as I was packing up that I would never be in that house again, the lights flicked the whole, the electric, everything three times, which is what he always does. So I feel like the conversation we're having is engaging some kind of energetic forces or spirits or something because that's literally never happened and it just happened while we were talking so i just wanted to put that in there actually we had just talked about it and i was like you know what this is actually really kind of relevant to our conversation because we're going to talk about this and ghosts and things like that so took a little bit of a pivot but actually really cool so michelle you were saying um i think where it got cut off is that you were saying that perhaps a past life death falling off of a mountain, which is now 
affecting you in terms of like having a fear of heights that perhaps that was something that you were meant to deal with in this life um so maybe we can pick back up there yeah so um i i think that and this is not just based on this experience of mine but working with people that we do in between our lifetimes consult our past karma and say oh gee you know that that traumatic death had an impact on my soul and that my life kind of got cut short or there was things I really wanted to complete in that lifetime. So let's take some of that, you know, trauma, <laughs> karma, and bring it into this life to help me advance from where I was in that life. So I, I think we do carry that stuff through. And I, I'm still working on my fear of heights, but I have had challenges with you know, having kids and having to chase them down and, in, in, you know, not no fear of heights, obviously, and, and like going, going high places and having to catch them. Or um, I remember there was one time you we went to uh, Catterskill, not Catterskill Falls, I think it's called um, Catterskill Cove or Clove or something like that. But it's like a, the low part of, of the falls. And it was summer, it was like a drought air at times there was less water falling down all the rocks and everybody was kind of hanging out in a different spot of this area and I just got this thing in my like rising up in my soul and I was like you can do it and I literally took off my shoes socks and I climbed up the rocks barefoot and I just I just knew where to like anchor my fingers and feet and and did it and I got up to this little little stream kind of waterfall section which almost looked like this cutout cave and it's really pretty and I was up there and my husband was like what who is this <laughs> like I, I don't do that yeah and I was like I had to go with it I had to know I could do it yeah um, um bridges are terrible I'm terrible driving over bridges I'm terrible walking over bridges um but I have some occasionally been able to force myself well, obviously to drive, I have to, um, but I have forced myself to walk over bridges in, and fought the fear. But sometimes that happens, you know, if we're born with a phobia, it could be from a past life trauma that we're still carrying and trying to deal with. Do you think that our soul has a journey that needs to be completed so that there are things that we need to kind of work through and challenges that we need to face in order to advance to a perhaps certain place or certain level. So we continue to come back, as, you know, in a way that gives us those opportunities. I've heard people describe it like that. Do you think that's true too? Yes, I agree. I think it happens in life too. If we really pay attention that um, we may notice our patterns and it's kind of, I, I always say everything in the universe moves in spirals and circles. Yeah. So we may feel like we're going around the circle and it's like, why do I keep meeting that? same guy not literally but that same type of guy like why do I keep ending up in this relationship it's like we learn from every relationship and we're wiser every relationship but we may still come around because we have to we have to let go of those limiting beliefs that are drawing us to that person so every time we meet a person like that it's usually a little better than the last one mm -hmm. occasionally it's worse because we need a big wake-up call but the same thing happens in lifetimes that we are like, you know what? I really didn't, I don't like the way I did that. <laughs> and I wanna go back and try it again. And you know what? I want it to be that same person 
to do it. Let's, can we try this again, please? Let's try this again and let's try to do better. So I think we do have certain people in our soul team that we call back in and wow. we help each other. Interesting. So the work that you do can help people break some of that patterning, kind of understand where they are stuck in that loop to try to get through that or past that. Yeah. Very cool. There's so many different ways. I love that. I'm just learning that there's so many different angles you can come from when you're doing some of that work, just releasing some of the self-limiting beliefs and the inner child and the patterning and the programming. And this is, sounds like such an interesting and unique way to kind of approach that. So I, I like the idea of having all these different modalities. You could do, you know, I was talking about Kundalini yoga and another podcast and moving that energy. And then Reiki healing is also moving that energy. And, you know, a physical workout is physically moving that energy. And I think it's really cool to be able to activate this in so many different ways. Um, I want to hear about your ghost stories. So I was like, did she write ghost stories or has she experienced um, literal ghost sightings? And it sounds like you have some personal stories. I have this a is lot very of cool. personal stories. Oh my gosh. Okay. So tell us some of them. Um, so I, I love to share the first ghost story because it is the powerful one. So um, in my childhood, which I mentioned before was a dysfunctional one. We had a cat that we got from a kitten who probably, as an adult looking back, got taken away from his mother and siblings too soon, so he had socialization skills. Um, it also was, without going into too much detail, kind of a tumultuous household and a lot of tension and, and um, fighting and so on. So this cat, um, he, he had like mood swings. And I think he was very affected by the energy and temperament of the household. And when he would feel like, I guess, threatened, he would attack. And he often attacked me because I was the smallest person in the household at the time. Mm. And so if he did that, if he attacked me or attacked one of the dogs or whatever, um, my dad will just say was not kind to him. Mm. So we did, me and this cat, I had a, like a little bit of a fear from him but it was kind of a love hate because I always loved animals and cats. And so sometimes he would let you pet him and it was like, oh, love, love, love. And I remember um, like I would go tie my shoes and he would like jump on my back with all his claws, <laughs> like crazy stuff. Cause I was like in a submissive position right. to him. And so he would do that. Um, but anyway, when he passed, um, I was sleeping and I felt weight on my bed, like I felt like a kind of sensation. And then there was weight on my belly. And I opened my eyes and he was staring at me with the cat, I love you face of like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, little kind of slit eyes and, and purring. I heard the purring and I closed my eyes like I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. I opened my eyes, he was still there. And I was like, I don't know. And then he started doing the, the making the bread kneading, and, the biscuits yeah. and kneading me and I was like oh my god this how is this happening and I'm eight years old and so I covered my head with blankets and I said go away go away go away because I was I had a fear of him like I I thought he might hurt me and like I was afraid of ghosts you know you, you're taught to be afraid of ghosts as kids and then 
I felt the disappearance of the weight and the presence and I did not hear the purring and I pulled my blankets back and he was not there. Um, my perception is that he came to let me know that he did love me, like almost an apology after death, which happens sometimes. Um, and so that was my first ghost encounter. Oh. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I don't know how, so how well this will go over in this podcast with the listeners, but I... Uh, the cat I have now is him reincarnated. And I know this because he has the same kind of beginnings of being separated. He was an orphan. His mom was gone. He was also separated from his litter because they were all very sick and he was the sickest. So he was in quarantine for a long time. And, um, and he does, he's very sensitive to mood shifts and he has like this aggressive thing that comes out and he's literally a cat on Prozac which helps him manage that. <laughs> um, and he does, and the reason when I, when I, everybody says to me, how do you know your cat came back? Or how do you know your dog came back? My phrase is, there is never, there will never be another dog or cat like Sparky, let's say, until there is. And you'll know because, yeah. oh my God. <laughs> um, so yeah, he came back again wow to oh try God. and make amends or redo it better you know wow um so, so that cool. was that is my first ghost story i have had we have had trips where i have had ghost experiences in old hotels and really airbnbs um what do you see what is the experience like tell us about one of them like do you see so sometimes someone, it's or? sometimes it's just feeling so in uh, yoga teacher training. My husband and I, we, there was a retreat at the end of teacher training and it was in a like retreat center that used to be attached to a church. I don't know what kind of dormitories it was, whether it was for nuns or priests or whatever, but it definitely had attachment to the church. And because we were the only couple and I was pregnant they were like, you guys get your own room at the end of the hall. Neither of us slept the whole night. It was freezing. And um, I don't remember if he saw it or not, but there was some somebody peeking in the window. And the window was too high. Like, it was high, high windows for a human being to be able to look through. <laughs> and it looked like a priest. Like, I saw, like, the collar thing, right? And I was like, what the fuck is that? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Talking and turning all night, did not talk about it till the morning. And I was like, did you sleep? No, I didn't sleep. And oh, my God, well, it's so cold. And, and I'm like, did you see the ghost? He's like, I didn't see the ghost. And I, I mean, I don't remember, but I don't think he did because I like literally got up and, and, and like felt somebody watching. And then we get out for breakfast and everybody's like, oh, it's so cozy. What's so warm? And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, are we on another planet? Like what happened in our room? <laughs> oh my God. That like, it was so cold and haunted. Um, so yeah. Wow. There's also in California, the um, Coronado. Oh, I don't know this. The Del Coronado, it is in, uh, I think it's Coronado Island. Like down um, in San Diego. Is, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Southern California. And I always wanted to go there because I love Marilyn Monroe and I loved the movie Some Like It Hot, which was filmed there. 
And so we were like, in our honeymoon, we did a little stopover in that for one night. And it was the worst (laughs) night of our honeymoon because it was haunted. And it's actually, and I didn't know this at the time, they know there are hauntings there. Oh my God. So we were in a room, again, freezing cold. This one was a feminine presence that I felt didn't exactly see except for shadows. And yeah, it was very bizarre, horrible night's sleep. And I was like, well, I've been there and we'll never come back. Wow. Um, yeah. Do so. you, so I, I, I find this very interesting and I'm always one who wants to welcome it. Like I'm open to it. I want to, well, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm interested. Like, I feel like I'm not closed off to this, but as a kid, like my mom was always like, do not ever touch a Ouija board. Like what you're going to do is you're going to invite in the bad spirit. So my husband on our baby camera, he swears he's seen his mom. He swears she's there. And I believe, I want to believe it. I believe it. But then everybody's like, oh my God, the devil will like disguise themselves as someone you think you know to trick you and take the soul of your baby. And like, you can welcome in bad, quote unquote, bad spirits if you open up like that portal. What are your thoughts on that? I I agree. Yes. Um, But there are ways to protect yourself. So I played Ouija once. It got very dark. I was like, and this is way before Reiki and any kind of awakening that I had. Um, But I was like, I never want to do that again. Um, Children have a tendency because they are so open and the veil is very thin for them. They are close to the other side that they not only they can attract, you know, loved ones from beyond very easily, but they also can sometimes be, you know, an energetic kind of magnet to negative. My kids had this problem. We Every apartment we've ever been in, I had to like cleanse. And so I use Reiki, sage, and a little kind of, we'll call it a prayer um, to um, basically, what do I say exactly? I don't remember exactly what I say, but something about only the highest, the beings of love and light are welcome mm. in this space. Um, all others who are not of the highest vibration of love and light are not welcome. You must leave. And then some people like to, if you believe, will call in like Archangel Michael, who is known as the warrior protector, um, or, or some other, you know, guide or guardian that you would like, and they can help, you know, remove and clear. And you kind of need to do that in every room of your house and especially corners, um, doors, windows, and any of those little pockets, we all have them, especially in like weird architecture that there's like a space in the house that has like kind of no like bad chi, bad energy, like these little nooks where nobody ever like dusts or changes out the air. So those are very important to address too. It's very possible that that is your mother-in-law and she may even be there as a protector, like Archangel Michael. That's what I always think. I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's probably her protecting and my grandmother, like for sure. <laughs> but I don't want to be yeah. tricked. <laughs> right, right. I think that if he's seeing the shape in the monitor and, and recognizing it as mother, it's it's probably is. Because it's not even if it's a visual, he would feel it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And he um, said he has actually, when he was one night, he was doing like the nighttime thing and he, he would hold our son in a certain way like this and rock back and forth with the bottle. And he said that she was sitting on the bed next to him 
And and it's like, cause they were in almost in that meditative hypnotic state too. Right. Um, and more like, I'm getting like teary eyed just talking about it, but he 100%, she, he could feel the weight on the bed. She was next to him. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> it's true. Um, and, and they I come think, to visit. They yeah. stay connected to us. They're part of our, you know, experience in karma. You know, the contracts are not broken until we are all there together. So they come back and visit many people, many clients I know and friends have kids who talk to their grandparents on the other side. Who they probably um, friend, never met, right? They right. Well, the they met them in Seoul. They met yeah. them before they came. So they know them. They know the name that they would call them. You know, like um, a friend, ha her son is saying Turkish words. Nobody has taught him Turkish words, but his oh. grandmother on the other side is teaching him. That's so cool. <laughs> so you you believe then that we all meet back up at some point in time? Yes. Yes. I like that. Um, energy never dies. There is not like, yes, in a sense, the physical body goes back to the earth, but our soul endures and we stay um, karmically connected to those people in, you know, in our life and, and they stay in our life. It's just that they change form. And of course we grieve them because they're not in the form we recognize, but yeah, I do believe we do have a very big reunion when we go back. I love that. Oh, that makes me want to cry. <laughs> Being a mom makes me weird, right? All these different emotions that I never thought it I'd does. have. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Um, so you wrote a book, which is really cool. And I'm going to need to get my hands on this. Hold space, affirmations and meditations for healing and loving yourself. How do you suggest that people use your book? It sounds like it's kind of like it's almost like a daily kind of devotional. Um, and what can they expect to learn from reading it? So I wrote it in a way, first of all, I often had clients um, that had um, particularly many clients that were dealing with some kind of trauma or grief or something that was ongoing and that even if they saw me on a regular basis, they needed some kind of support in between sessions. So I would write up an affirmation from them. Sometimes it was channeled from their guides and I would write it up and give it to them. And a lot of times I would look at those affirmations and go, hmm, that should be shared. And sometimes I'd share it on social media or I just kind of had them all saved and written out. Mm -hmm. um, and when the pandemic happened, I decided this is the time to write the book and the affirmation book has to be written first. So I took a lot of those that were very um, accessible to all and put them into the book and some little stories, personal stories, different um, ideas. There's like chapter on forgiveness, mommy issues, daddy issues, um, inner child work, mirror work, all kinds of stuff. I did my best to include every potential um, aspect of healing that we all may need. And you can kind of jump around to what you need that day and do either just the affirmation or just the meditation or read the little story that goes along with it to help you in that day or that week. And, you know, go. Okay, that was really strange. We had another weird situation where zoom just completely closed down again um literally has never happened once this is very strange i'm gonna need to 
meditate on this later and see what comes through. <laughs> um, okay, I'm sorry about that. So you were um, kind of talking us through the best way to use the book and that you can kind of pull from it what you need in that given time in your life, whether it's forgiveness, that's where I think we left off. Right, okay. So um, yes, forgiveness, mommy issues, daddy issues, um, inner child, mirror work, um, needing unconditional love. There's so many um, feeling grounded. There's so many ways to connect with yourself. And I tried my best to include everything that we need in the day-to-day -day life and also in our life's healing journey to get back to our truth. Mm -hmm. So I have had um, some people reach out to me, many readers reach out to me and say that it is their daily practice. They have it on their nightstand. They read it when they wake up in the morning or before they go to bed or both. And sometimes they'll stick with one affirmation in a week and other times they'll just thumb through and wherever they open up, they, they do it there. They start there. Um, Very cool. So it can be used. It's not like a 365 affirmations, um, but there are affirmations, there are meditations. There's some like um, little kind of, I'll call it puzzles. Like there's a word find, there's like a make a list of these these things and just ways for you to um, just kind of call back the real you. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. I love that you put that together and that it's a compilation of all the different things that you've kind of thought about and used and helped other people work through. Where can everyone find your book if they want to purchase it? So I made it so it is available in any bookstore. Any bookstore can order it, even if they don't carry it. Um, I'm very big on supporting small businesses, especially now. So if you like a particular bookstore, you can go and ask for it and they can order it. Um, but also you can get the ebook or order it on Amazon yourself, if you like. I know That's we're all like fighting the Amazon monster, but it is yeah. <laughs> helpful for certain aspects. So yeah, yeah, you can you can do either one. And um, yeah, that, I just wanted to make it as accessible as possible to everyone. Amazing. I like having a physical book. I just love being able to hold it and touch it. And it's, I don't know, I'm old school like that <laughs> rather than yeah. especially a book like that where energy is important and I don't know, just reading it on a Kindle doesn't have the same effect for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I get it. Yeah. And your book is called again, hold space affirmations and meditations for healing and loving yourself. And I'll put that in the show notes too, so that everyone can kind of find that very easily. Um, oh, really quickly. I do want to ask you one more thing, just kind of um, selfishly. You're also a children's yoga teacher. So my son has watched me do morning, a little morning flow, what we call it our stretches since the day we brought him home. Like we've always done this and now he does it. Like he'll tell me like what we're going to do next and stuff, which I think is so cool. How do you recommend keeping kids engaged in that practice? Like what else can I do, um, you know, to, to continue that and to make him really love that as part of his daily life? I, I think it sounds like you're already doing it making it something you do together that sharing time is so important and keep it playful like you know we as adults get so obsessed with form and perfection and i've always been the kind of yoga teacher that you are wherever you are 
and perfect alignment is doesn't exist because we all have different body issues or limitations. So your perfect alignment is not the same as my perfect alignment. And so we're not going for perfection. We're going for getting that energy flow in the body, mind, and soul. So remember that, that perfect form is not important. You are always, we as mothers and parents are always modeling for our kids. So if you take a triangle, your kid is going to do their best to match that form and, you know, keep it, keep it fun and silly. And if you can, um, you know, make, if you do the meditation part with him too, you can do it sitting or have him sit in your lap or her sit in your lap and, you know, do it that way that you kind of try to match your breath or think about, um, you know, you can even add things in like blowing out a candle or outside looking at the clouds. And there's so many ways that you can just kind of, and, and let him be the guide. Him? Did you yeah, say him. Son? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, let him be the guide of saying, let next we do this pose, right? Because that's letting him do imagination. When I taught kids yoga, sometimes we would do, um, you know, like the animals in the zoo, because there's a lot of poses that are named after animals. And then some kid would be like, uh, what about this animal? And I was like, not a pose for that. What does that animal look like? Tell me what that would look like. Show me. And then they would, they would take a form and I'd be like, great, everybody, let's do, you know, let's do bison pose or whatever, whatever it is that that kid came up with. So that is, let it be fun. Um, It's, that's the main thing because it's so important. You know, the, those of us who are, whether we're Gen Z or millennials, a lot of us grew up in this way of um, not really embracing our childhood and play yeah and we even if we have to do that in our adult life we have to make sure that our kids keep that because play is where you really learn yeah that's so cool I never we didn't engage in any kind of play like that as a kid so I love being able to share that with him and to see him enjoy it because he, he loves it he'll be like mm, just little, little poses it's like downward dog leg in the air and I'm like, look at you <laughs> he's so funny so yeah I definitely want to continue to cultivate that it was nothing I really ever thought about and then when he started mimicking the poses I was like oh I think we're on to something here it's really cool um I like that idea too of doing the meditation and doing a little bit of just deep breathing and that's really something I think I'll try to do with him too um amazing so I have a few quick rapid fire questions just to keep it light and fun um what's your favorite song who um you know what, as of uh, this changes, yeah. but as of right now, and it may be, you know, a little on the older side, but um, Kesha's praying that song oh. just gets to me on every level, every note that she sings, every word that it, that is in that song. It's so heartfelt. It's, it's so much about healing yeah. and unconditional love. And like, I'm letting go of that pain. Um, I wish you well, but you know, I'll, I'll say a prayer for you, but I'm doing better and I'm okay. And so, yeah, that, that would be my, my favorite right now for a while. That's a good one. I'm going to listen to that now when we get off our call. Um, what's your favorite food? <sighs> so my family laughs at me, but I have been asked this 
<laughs> and and my like rapid fire answer was broccoli and they thought oh that my was gosh. hilarious. So if we're talking healthy food, yes, broccoli, but I have a, you know, uh an addiction to potato chips. That is my vice. Okay. <laughs> you know, being on Long Island, I thought for sure you were going to say like pizza or bagels because that's my favorite. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Broccoli. Well, um, you're getting a lot of iron, so that's good. <laughs> um, what is your favorite book? Wow. So I could say Hold Space um, yeah. because it's mine. Um, but, uh, you know, I will say this. There is an element of it being um, inspired by Louise Hayes, You Can Heal Your Life. And um, that was only in my heart and my head and never said it out loud. But two people that read it told me that it was like the follow up to You Can Heal Your Life. And that blew my mind. So that is an important book that I do go back to quite often. And then in the fiction sense, um, I used to say Little Women when I was a kid. Yeah. But even in my adult life, um, I have to say... Hmm. Um, why do I always forget the title of it? <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Um, Hunger Games, Hunger Games. Oh, okay. Hunger Games. That trilogy, I mourned Katniss for months. Aww. So that hit me super hard. Um, yeah, I really wanted to like, know more and I haven't yeah. written I know there's a follow up I haven't yeah. read that one. But um, yeah, it's I'm, I'm afraid to read it because it's yeah. that trilogy it's stuck such with an emotional me so effect. But that's yeah. beautiful. It's so cool when writing can have that impact on you where you feel like you've lived with these people and the characters are real and you have an emotional connection. That's why I love reading. I love books. I love getting into that, just those worlds. And uh, I love that. That's really cool that you had such a connection, even though it was a grieving process, but you felt like you knew <laughs> the characters. I love that. Um, what are three things that you would want to have on a deserted island? Oh, yeah, that was so hard when I when <laughs> uh, whenever anybody asks me that, like, it's so hard. Um, three things. So I won't hold you to uh, it. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I, I guess I have to count it as two, but pen and paper are super yes. important. Yeah. And somehow music. Yeah. That's, like yes. whether I don't know how that would happen, but somehow I whether it's a musical instrument or something I would have to make, I don't know. But yeah. music is so important in my life. It is like you said, with you know, circling back with your husband with the sound bath, music is a great healer. And there are just certain songs, albums, things that I listen to depending on my mood to help elevate that mood. Yeah. How do you feel about like uh, binaural beats and things like that? Talking about like kind of sounds and uh, like even during the day while I'm working, I'll put 432 Hertz music on in the background just to kind of soothe my energy while I'm busy and trying not to get overwhelmed. Do you feel like that kind of thing has an impact as well? Yes. In fact, it's funny that you say you use that when you're working because I use 432 to sleep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because um, it helps me get into that like, relaxed sleep state and 
um, the animals know too, when I turn on that music, that like the dog gets in her bed, the cat jumps in and jumps on the bed. Like, oh, it's almost cool. like they know, oh, she's getting ready. Let's go. I don't know yeah. if they feel that that music too, or if it's yeah. just that they know, like that's a, that's a sign that mom's getting ready to relax. Let's yeah, go. a little bit of both probably. Very yeah. cool. Um, and once again, everybody can find your book at any bookstore. They can have it ordered through a bookstore. Um, it may be in their bookstore or they can find it online as well. And what's your website? I will link everything, but where can everyone find you and find out more about you? Maybe book a session either virtually or in person if they're on Long Island, um, if you're even doing it in person, but where can everyone find more information? Sure. Um, mostly I'm doing uh, virtual, by the way, um, and not on Long Island. Um, I have office an office in Woodstock. I have office in the city. So um, I can be found at my Reiki Healer. It's R-E-I-K-I. I'm sure you'll write out the yes, link. MyReikiHealer.com yes. um, is where you can find me easiest and you can learn all about Reiki and Akashic Records and even a little bit snippet of the book is there. I also do so many other classes to kind of help us all heal. Amazing. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for being here. And apologies for the weird disruptions, but I definitely think that there's some energetic interference happening there. <laughs> Maybe telling us I we're on the right so. path. <laughs> or just saying hello. I don't think it's negative, Kristen. No. I do not think it's <laughs> negative at all. <laughs> That's very cool. Thank you so much for being here and, and sharing all of your wisdom with us. And um, I, I know I'm going to go do a little bit more research into Akashic Records and stuff like that later today. So thank you. Great. Thank you so much for having me. This was a pleasure. You're a pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to rate and review, and also follow along on Instagram at holistic.w.kristen, and I will see you soon.